You are listening to the Ingredients for Success podcast, where you can consume dietary supplement industry best practices, trends, recent news, and other insights provided through interviews and discussions with members of the Stratum team and seasoned industry execs. Welcome to the Ingredients for Success podcast. I'm Jackie Rizzo, and today we have the Product Development Director with Vale Ventures joining us, John Lyon. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you guys for having me. It's, it's, it's such a pleasure. Can you tell us a little bit about Vale Ventures and what you all do, the services you provide? Sure thing, yeah. Vale Ventures um, has an interesting start story, in my opinion. Uh, we started about four years ago. The company was started uh, by Cody Lowe and Doug. Um, and these two guys uh, had a lot of history with doing some, some online business, not particular to the health and wellness space, but they were personally motivated uh, by just the power of dietary supplements um, and functional foods to be able to help people. And so that kind of motivated them to team up together and, and start the company. And so the company started as NetBus Engineering that was the initial holding name. And uh, from that, they started the United Naturals brand, kind of believing first in the importance of gut health and digestive health. Um, and so that line started, um, and that line was called United Naturals. And they quickly realized that it would help them as well to partner with uh, a physician. So they partnered with uh, physician, Dr. Vincent Pedre. And uh, unlike some other maybe sponsorships that I've seen in the past to other companies, which you know are, are great, um, being able to partner with an actual uh, medical doctor uh, was able to give the company a lot of good direction and a lot of boots on the ground feedback in terms of what people needed, uh, what kind of solutions people were looking for, uh, what kind of natural ingredients might you know best work. And so we were able to start, I think, um, from thinking about actual solutions and having a, a, a very uh, clinical effect uh, very immediately. Um, and, and the process of thinking about how we formulated products. And that really has trickled down to our other brands. And so uh, after starting United Naturals, they also thought about how could they take care of companion animals and uh, work to start the Dr. Jeff's Pets line, <clears throat> where we similarly partnered with a vet, um, getting the same boots on the ground feedback uh, for, the, for the food and nutritional needs that are fairly unique for dogs, um, very different, of course, than, than actual humans. Um, and then most recently, we've been really excited uh, by acquisition and, and development of the Dr. Kellyanne brand. And so Dr. Kellyanne, uh, she has a, a lot of a pretty big following. Um, she's been all over educating people about the power of bone broth, um, the importance of collagen, the importance of taking care of uh, your joint connective tissue, skin health. Uh, but even beyond that, she's, she's done a lot of experimentation uh, herself and in uh, talking with uh, her own patients as well uh, with what really works uh, to help people not just for the regular skin and connective things that we usually associate with collagen those sort of benefits but also just how really collagen and bone broth is an underutilized protein source um, we understand that it's not considered a complete protein but we know a lot of other cultures uh, that are not the same as kind of our western cultures consume bone broth bone soups um, and that helps them in a lot of different categories. And so we've tapped into a lot of, of how we can help people. And I think we're really just beginning with some of our other product formulations and food products that we can provide people um, as we continue to kind of explore, you know, how that helps, not just uh, with, with skin and connective tissue, but also uh, digestive health, 
um, potentially longevity. Um, so we have a lot of projects in the works in that brand. So Vail Ventures is a company that builds brands. We, we focus on uh, these three and we look to find solutions uh, that are kind of within the wheelhouse of, of those practitioners that we partnered with. Uh, but we find exactly how they're actually helping people and turn that into products. So that's who we are. That's um, pretty fascinating. So you said before we move on, you said her name, it's Dr. Kelly Ann. Is that it right? Is Dr. Dr. Yes. Kelly Ann. Okay, I find that very fascinating, her work, because you know we have our flagship ingredient, NEM, which is an eggshell membrane, which is for joint health. And um, when you mentioned bone broth, that's something that I hadn't really connected the two together. So I'm interested to do a little bit of research in that. Um, it seems like you all do formulate quite a bit of products. Um, as you know, each year comes, it's just more and more products. As a product developer, what trends are you noticing right now in the industry? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I'm sure like everybody else in my role and in our industry, uh, you know, uh, everything that's happened with COVID has of course really, really uh, impacted the landscape. Uh, obviously, I think the most immediate impact that we saw was immune health. Um, and, and just seeing how, you know, ingredients like elderberry, it's no secret, elderberry, vitamin C, uh, vitamin D especially, some of the ingredients that uh, were beginning to, you know, be researched for, um, you know, their impact on side effects or, you know, particular, particular antiviral, um, antimicrobial effects, those started to really shoot through the roof. Uh, we were also able to see that in pricing and availability on my end. Uh, but more than that, I think what's been really interesting is the greater conversation um, in our society about preventative care. Um, and I think that that trend really started way back, um, you know, no matter where people sit on uh, the Affordable Care Act, there was this greater conversation about how do we manage costs and manage the way that our healthcare system works with regard to making sure that people have access to basic affordable healthcare. And, and I think that term was really to say if we can catch things earlier, then how can we prevent things from happening downstream? And, and when we fast forward to 2020 with um, everything that happened with the virus, I think people have not just looked at their immune health, but they've started to look at their body as a whole and look at you know all the implications because of the ways that the you know the, the disease manifested itself. Um, so people have started to pay attention to things like visceral fat, um, to their sugar levels, to their activity levels, and what that's meant I think for our industry overall is. Uh, the importance of like a holistic wealth picture. And so I'm seeing um, and, 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 and what we're kind of evaluating and we've asked our own customers through various surveys, what they're doing, what they're paying attention to, uh, what they're looking for. And uh, one of the big things is actually just snacking. Snacking is continuing on the rise, um, and, but people are looking for their snacks now to be functional. Um, you know, whether that is looking now on the front of the packages for, you know, whether they're eating uh, fruits, veggies, applesauce, chips, popcorn, you name it. Um, if there's some sort of, especially if it's considered a junk food, uh, quote unquote, you know, if there's a redeemable property to it, I think people are looking for that. So they're looking for something that, oh, you know, I'm eating this chocolate bar, but it definitely, you know, it gives me my fiber for the day. So um, being able to find those little benefits, even in snack foods. And so I think that's a way in our industry, especially where sometimes working particularly with traditional capsules and tablets, we're able to tell the story of certain ingredients that, you know, we might not be able to, you know, do a huge, just big powder solution, like a powdered like protein shake or something where we combine 
you know, eight, nine, 10 functional ingredients, but we're able to do things with healthy snacks where we add one or two ingredients and really focus on educating the consumers about, you know, uh, what those things can do for their health. So snacking has been really huge. Um, another one that's continued to rise um, in our eyes is just the increased need for transparency. Uh, I think in the age of information, as people are able to Google things, find things, uh, we've we've said this in many ways in our industry. You know, way back I started in the industry early 2012, um, kind of right out of school, and of course the buzzwords were you know looking for a clean label, and uh, clean label has come to mean several things over the year. You have you know concern for. Uh, GMO ingredients, concern for organic, you know, of course, we're never able to find a way to do a certified natural, but free range pasture raised. I think most people want the idea to know that, you know, as we learn about our food industry and learn that it indeed requires, of course, manufacturing and things like that, I think people want to be able to look at a package and get the idea as best as possible that, you know, this came from a chef, this came from a farmer, this came from the ground, um, and there wasn't but so much manipulation to get us this product. And so that's continued to be a, um, a good thing, a, a good challenge, I think in some regards, because as we know in the industry, um, we have to get ingredients and uh, do certain things to get them into packages and uh, sustain a healthy shelf life and, and get them to consumers. But uh, consumers still want certain bubbles on the front that give them this idea of we know exactly what's in this and we are familiar with, with, with what's in this. And so increased transparency is, is something huge. Um, and then uh, last thing that's also kind of particular to the pet industry, if you will, is just that pet ownership has, has gone up um, as people you know, with coronavirus have uh, found a need for additional companionship uh, with four-legged friends. Uh, we, we see a lot of increase in pet ownership. People think, yeah, this would be a great idea. Uh, but then you have a lot of people who have are first-time pet owners and don't quite know what to do. So there's definitely a need for education with regards of you know how to take care of the pet, um, how to look after their needs, uh, how to how to care for even their social needs. They you know, companion pets are also social creatures, and so uh, that's harder to to measure. You can't go and ask your your cat or your dog, you know, how are you feeling today, and, and get an answer. You know, we can't do a, a BAS. Uh, kind of analog scale, we can't do those sorts of things. And so that's been a, a really, uh, another creative challenge for us to be able to figure out how do we actually take care of, of the social needs of pets and help owners uh, that are dealing with those things as they're on Zoom calls and, and their pet is barking in the background. I'm sure we've all heard that before um, or, or some pet animals that are not used to as much stimulation from pe people being at home, all the kids being at home, uh, you know, all the uh, parents being at home full time. Uh, so that's provided another opportunity for us and, and another small trend where we have some of our customers um, asking for education and of course, any products that we can help. That's really great. I think that, you know, now that we are mostly, and I can really say mostly, but a lot of us are working remotely still. I think it is a good um, thing to watch is that pet industry, what the market is going to do. Because like you had said in the beginning, you know, they are, they are, they're part of our family, but when we're working at home, it just opens up a whole new door of how can I better, we're taking better care of ourselves, we're noticing that, but also noticing taking care of our animals as well. So it'll be interesting to see with the pet industry, what it looks like even within six months from now. I think it's just gonna continue, the growth is, is there, it's gonna continue to grow. Have you seen a trend in the application methods 
as well during at least since you started nine years ago from today? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so when I first started in the industry, um, I, I was working for a company where we did uh, probably 70 to 75% of our business was sports nutrition specific. And so that category in and of itself kind of maneuvers um, in its own way. Um, and then probably about 25% was general health and wellness things and condition specific formulas that more mimics what I'm doing now. So if I pull on you know, what we were doing then, um, I, I think that there was a, in terms of applications, uh, one of the, the big growth areas uh, is just flavoring technology. So I think that there were a lot of uh, kind of product ideas that I know that companies that I was aware of and, and, and colleagues in the industry weren't quite thinking of yet, uh, just because we didn't have the, the either the flavoring technology um, or some of the stability technology to take some of our ingredients, you know, that are either insoluble, but you need some help. Um, we didn't have that kind of technology to put things into uh, drinks, uh, to put things in, in uh, kind of shelf-stable uh, liquid packaging that, you know, will require any sort of pasteurization process or high heat process. Uh, so now we're, we're seeing the rise of, um, in our own self, of just people uh, grabbing RTDs. Uh, that seems to have increased popularity. Um, a lot of companies that I saw first in the industry where their go-to was to, you know, find something that would be in a powder, 30 servings, and kind of put the onus on the consumer to add that powder to, you know, water, shake it up, shaker bottle. Uh, you're seeing more now, you know, even in the sports nutrition side, uh, some of these uh, pre-workout formulas that are now put in cans and, you know, you can find them in your gas stations uh, as RTDs, ready to drinks, um, some protein shakes that are growing in popularity and, and have shelf space once again, and even convenience stores. Um, and so we're also seeing that and seeing that as a potential for protein products. We're also seeing that as a potential for uh, kind of green powders and smoothies and things like that to be able to put those in RTDs. Uh, one of the last things that I think uh, too is just also seeing the bar space and how the bar space has grown. Um, you, and, and once again, people have always, I think, been doing that, but I think there's a broader range of the kinds of ingredients um, and the desire to put those ingredients in kind of bar spaces to kind of fulfill the need for like different snacking applications as I alluded to earlier. Um, just because once again, I, I'm just surprised and I've seen it in myself that, you know, I had this assumption that because I would be working from home uh, as I've, I've seen from others that I would have increased time to, to really cook, just do whole meals completely all the time. Um, and I find myself still, you know, sometimes sitting working and having a need uh, for health products in the form of different snacks. So we've definitely seen uh, that continue to grow. Um, if it's not completely new, uh, what I definitely have seen is that it's, it's not seeming to slow down at all. So John, when sourcing ingredients, what is it that you are looking for and why are you looking for these certain ingredients? That's a great question. And that I think uh, kind of pulls on, uh, I would think the strength of um, of our company particularly, but also attest to the strength of some of the ingredient partners uh, that we've had a chance to work with and talk to. Um, and and what I mean by that is that the first thing that we're looking for uh, is first gonna be great clinical studies. Um, we work all of our ingredients starting with clinical studies. 
um, especially because when it gets to us in a, in a, in a final finished good, uh, we have to rely a lot on the clinical studies, um, not just obviously for claims, but also as the defense for the product's efficacy, uh, the product's safety. And so those things really matter to us. And so um, when we look at the clinical studies, we're looking to see if there was you know, enough of a population to generate uh, strong enough power um, we're also looking for the clinical endpoints. Well, you know, whatever the ingredient is measuring, whether it's uh, joint health, whether it's some sort of mood support ingredient, uh, we want to know what the scales are that people are, are using, that the researchers are using uh, to see if we can see any sort of statistical significant effect um, in an appropriate kind of uh, time frame as well. Uh, obviously, it we would love for everybody to uh, adhere to our recommendation to take our products for three months to see some sort of benefit that is that is truly there and truly helpful. Uh, but we all know that the market doesn't work like that, that people want to experience the help now. And so if we get a chance to find some solution, of course, that that makes sense in a time frame where things are working either, you know, for mood type ingredients the same day, um, within a few hours, uh, when it comes to things like joint health, if things are working two to three uh, you know, weeks, uh, something that's reasonable enough that gives us a chance to educate our, our customers about that and give them hope and, and convince them that this would be a good idea to take. So we're looking for all of that and getting signs for that in the, in the clinical studies. And then once we get that and get a sense that there's at least statistical significance, we then wanna see if there's what we call kind of clinical significance. So just because you know, the statistics work and the clinical study was well-designed, you know, what happens when we actually give it to people? Are they going to be able to see that? And so we're able to often run consumer trials or in-house kind of user tests um, on our product concepts or on actual single ingredients themselves. Uh, where we'll put and recruit quite a few people um, to kind of do this kind of clinical trial to see if the ingredient actually registers some kind of benefit um, with our customers and our target age range, our target demographic. Um, and so we do all of that uh, oftentimes before we start having the, the, the conversation fully on, on pricing and, and go down the road with manufacturability, even though those things are also really important as well. Uh, like I said, I know that we have had a lot of um, ingredients that we would like to consider in alternative dosage forms, uh, gummy formats, food formats, functional foods. And so then we have the, the other questions with regard to like stability and the ability for these ingredients to endure um, some rough manufacturing processes. So. Definitely have high demands for ingredient suppliers. Um, we're evaluating our ingredients, but um, really happy to say that, uh, you know, I think our industry does a good job that there are plenty of good ingredient suppliers like you, like you guys yourselves uh, that do that kind of work and, and give us the chance to, you know, put something together uh, that we can kind of keep customers on and keep helping customers out with their uh, problems. Well, we definitely really do appreciate what Vail Ventures does and what you all stand for. All of our, you know, our ingredient portfolio is all science-backed. We um, aren't going to put something out there that doesn't have the claims, doesn't have the clinical studies, uh, especially with, you know, our, I had already mentioned our NEM, but our other products. Uh, earlier, you mentioned gut health, and we just brought on Elbiom, which is a postbiotic, which has been super fun to launch and to actually learn what a postbiotic is and what it's doing. And, um, so we just really appreciate your company and what you are doing, even education-wise for the consumer, because I think that's one of the end goals is, yes, we want to help them in their health and wellness, but we need to educate them to get there and why they are taking what they're taking. And so I have just really enjoyed our conversation. You have brought 
a ton of information, good stuff for us. And I know our listeners are going to enjoy it. Thank you so much for coming on, John. Thank you guys again for having me. It's it's been a pleasure. Well, we will talk soon. You have a good one.